0: On this week's episode of Back of the Grid, we are going to talk about the Las Vegas Grand Prix. We're going to make our predictions, and of course, we're going to go through the inbox. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu, and I'm joined, as always, by Tom. Hello. Hello. And by Chris. Hello. Humongous delay there for Tom, but um, yeah, that was a worryingly long we'll delay fix before that Tom in replied. Host, I guess.
1: Welcome to Storm Debbie. Oh, oh is that
0: what this is? Is the storm? The storm is uh, interfering <laughs> with.
1: I assume the signal. So. We'll, we'll just through. We will through make that excuse. It's BBC. <laughs> yeah,
0: as though as though it's some sort of shoddy BBC news interview. We'll just crack on. Um, <laughs> We are here to talk about the uh, Las Vegas Grand Prix this week. we have going to preview it for you. We are going to go over all of our predictions and all the usual stuff that we do on Back of the Grid podcast. Um, first of all, we've got... Well, Chris has Chris has written this one, so Chris is going to take <laughs> us through some of the bits and bobs that we're going to talk about. Chris, I'll hand over to you.
2: There's This is one of the most, like... We have a lot of race previews where there's not much to talk about about the actual race beforehand, whereas this time there very much is. Um, I don't want to be, like, too doomsayer about it because if you remember the very first baku grand prix before it, everyone was like this is going to be chaos there's going to be safety cars every three laps Mm. and it ended up being a really boring race where nothing happened so that still could happen however the ingredients are there for this to be a weird messy weekend
0: yeah so there's some like really cold track temperatures you've got as your first point here
2: Initially people were predicting the track temperature could be as low as 4 degrees C which is 40 Fahrenheit-ish.
0: Um, more
2: more sort of up-to-date forecasts have got the ambient temperatures at like eight to 10 degrees so the track surface will probably be a bit higher than four but
0: not much that's still cold that's still not in the in the window of uh, of these tires yeah far. I mean
2: that's still colder than winter testing ever is. Yeah. Um, I think there's maybe been a winter testing with like eight or ten degree track temperatures in the past, but yeah, like these tires have never had to operate at those temperatures in a Grand Prix. Like this is very much looking like it's going to be the coldest Grand Prix on record, um, which is just going to be a nightmare for tire temperatures, um, mm. especially a street track where we're thinking there's potential of safety cars, red flag restarts, like. I've I've seen some people in the know suggesting that if things are that cold, it might be advantageous under a safety car. No matter what strategy you're on, go in and get some new tires on because your tires will instantly be like 20, 30, 40 degrees hotter than anyone that's been driving around behind the safety Mm. car, which is
0: kind of wild. That's hectic. I would like to see that i've got time yeah for that. well i mean it just means people will be piling into the pits at the, at the hint of a safety car yeah yeah the, if that is the, also if that's true the as your tires are going off and there's less material in them, the, de- the degradation is going to be it, deg is going to be crazy but also as as you as there's less material on the tire it gets less less and less hot and holds its temperature less and less so these tires could just suddenly, we talk about tires a lot, but these tires could just go off a window and the undercut is going to be absolutely massive because the the advantage of having those nice warm tires straight out of the box, straight out of the tire blankets is going to be massive, right? Surely. You know, one
1: team who loves this scenario.
0: Who's that? Ferrari. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Bring everyone down to their level with tire tech.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know that. I do wonder if, I think that car probably just even even in cold temperatures still chew for its tires. I think probably. it just, it means that, it also means that the Red Bull just won't use its tires at all. It will have, a, they'll have a great car the whole time. They won't have thermal degradation at all. So they'll just generate all, use their amazing car, generate loads and loads of downforce and have a huge advantage, right? Like, <laughs> that would be my theory. Maybe I'm completely wrong there, but if, you know, if anyone in the well, chat thinks different, <laughs> do say now.
2: Mate, potentially not. What We'll get on to get into teams in a little bit. Well, let's do a little more on the track itself first, I guess. Um, Because it's... Like, we've had cold races before. We've had high deg before. This kind of feels like a perfect storm because the track is mostly straight and in between are low-speed corners. They're all going to be on a low-downforce setup, all of which leads to warming up your tyres being extremely difficult, if not impossible. Like, for reference, I've seen that in baku they there has been recorded at baku in the past tires losing 30 degrees of surface temperature just in the final sector where it's mostly a straight and that's a track that has at least a few high-speed corners to get some temperature back in like this this value circuit most of the corners are like second third gear ones um, mm. I've also seen um, a guy on YouTube who used to be a Red Bull performance engineer has said it might even get into the territory where engines are struggling to reach um, the minimum manifold temperatures they need. So drivability of the engines might also become an issue.
0: Whoa. Oh goodness, this this could be a bit bad then. If, if, if yeah, engine, if you've got engines going pop everywhere because they can't get hot enough. So like, yeah, if the if the engines are not running at the right temperature, then None of the components will have expanded or contracted to be at the relative to each other to be the to run at their most efficient and to and to fit inside of the perfectly engineered holes that they have to fit into inside yeah. of that en- engine block. So, or the because famously, for, or, an F
2: one engine that is completely cold is seized because the yeah. tolerances are so yeah. small.
0: So the the level of friction then become can suddenly become really high and then you get spikes of heat in places where you really don't want them and that leads to cracks in things like engine blocks and or 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 rods or pistons or valves all that all that sort of stuff doesn't like not being in the right size hole (laughs) So that's yeah, that that could be you could get a few engine failures, couldn't you, as you get into the race if they're just not warm enough. But then as well at the same time, they do have control over, you know, how much how much heat is dissipated from the car. They do they do have louvers on the car and stuff to 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 let heat out so i imagine most teams will you'll see a lot of cars with all those louvers completely closed up and just completely yeah. sealed yeah. bodywork which will make the cars super super aerodynamic and make them you know really really much more slippery in the air because they won't have all this this dirty air coming out of holes hot dirty air coming out of holes causing aerodynamic um, drag which is what you get when you open up the car and you're letting air through holes, you'll get instead you're getting smooth air going across the surface of the entire car. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which teams I think this could this could really shake up the grid, actually. All these factors could really, really have an impact on who's quick, who isn't, and who is able it to really make the most there's, out of the package.
1: There's a big multitude of unknowns here, isn't there? Like we go to yeah. some circuits and you've got one, maybe two. This is like everything's an unknown. There's practically very little that is known in, in the grand scheme. I think we're definitely looking really. at the
2: the hardest predictions of the season for sure today. Yeah, A um, couple of extra little uh, curveballs in there as well. Um, obviously it's a newly laid track surface that the teams and Pirelli know next to nothing about. Um, apparently the teams have been giving Pirelli some of their simulation data to help Pirelli kind of know what to expect and prep for this. Um, we've also obviously got no support series running. It's only F1. So we're going to have brand new surface with nothing <laughs> laying rubber on it. Um, Who'd have thunk and then, it? I know. And then just for good measure, right at the end, potential rain on Friday night um, going into Saturday morning, which is when practice three and qualifying are going to be. So, and Am I right
0: in thinking the race itself for us UK viewers is at 6am? 6am right?
2: Sunday morning, which is late m. night Saturday Local time. 8 a.m. I, I think it's a 10 p.m. race start, is it on Sunday? Local yeah. time. Oh, um, sorry, a.m a-
1: a- a- is qualifying. Be- sorry. My apologies. Yes, that's a.m. qualifying 6 a.m. right. 6
2: a.m. race, yeah. Um yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's all lining up for what could be an interesting and chaotic chaotic weekend in equal measure, I guess. Um in in mm. terms of what teams are gonna struggle and what teams aren't. While I see what you're saying about Red Bull. This is probably also characteristically a Singapore-esque track, which was obviously Red Bull's one Achilles' heel
0: this season. Um, except, well, except Singapore has a lot more braking zones and a lot more ninety-degree turn, a lot more sharp stops, and a lot more opportunities. A lot more. To a lot more temperature as so. well. Tire temperature. Yeah, yeah. It I
2: does. Mean, so um, maybe the Red Bull. Disadvantage won't be as pronounced because, obviously, yeah. I think although Red Bull won Monaco and Baku, they were probably their other two weakest circuits this season. Um,
0: I think the bumpiness could be a factor for Red Bull. I think that I think, but I think a lot of teams will be raising their ride heights because we've yeah. Yeah, we saw Mercedes last race raise their ride height that little bit yeah. too high, and it just took their car, their peaky peaky car out of its window and they weren't able to make the most of the updates that they brought that served them so well, albeit invalidly in the USA. So they will be, Mercedes will be nervous coming into this race about yeah. their ride. Mm-hmm. Hike. Um, Red Bull will obviously, of course, be nervous about it being, being a bumpy track, being a street street circuit. Of course they're going to be, you know, doing a lot of studying, figuring out, you know, just, I mean, the key thing is just getting your ride height absolutely spot on i think at this circuit for like it is at any circuit but it becomes such so much more of a factor when there's a lot of bumps involved just because they're all hyper aware now we're all hyper aware now of how easy it is to cross this threshold of um yeah. of getting the plank where to getting the plank where wrong and um and being disqualified, you know, we've seen we've seen it happen. We know it's a thing now. People yeah. are going to be much much more careful of it. And again, that is another one of those things that could potentially shake up the order somewhat across across the race weekend. We could see we'll see that we will see the teams that get that right do really really well. We'll see, and on the other side of it, we'll see the t- teams that get it wrong either be disqualified for being fast and disqualified or we'll see them being slow and nowhere
2: yeah i mean yeah. i do worry for mercedes this weekend like ride height things aside top they've not been the fastest in a straight line all season and this track is going to be very top end um yeah. dependent and also tire warm-up has not been mercedes strong point and that's going to be vital at this track so i think a rough weekend in store for mercedes unfortunately um, probably good for like Williams and Haas have both had really good top ends this season so maybe we'll see both of them a bit higher than we'd normally expect
1: yeah I think Williams yeah. is a good shout in that regard like we've seen we've seen them run quite well in high speed stuff um, this back end of the season since the upgrade started coming so I think that's a good one to look out for here for mm-hmm. this track
2: I did see as well Haas, interestingly, are kind of throwing the, it's the end of the season, nothing left mm. to lose, let's throw things at the wall approach. And they're actually putting Hülkenberg's car back to the pre-update spec as a kind of comparison, which is something we've seen Haas do in the past, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. another know they did with them, was it Grosjean and Magnussen, who immediately crashed into each other at Silverstone when they last tried to do that. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully they'll <laughs> avoid each other this time. Um, yeah, interesting approach um (laughs) ferrari a weird one (laughs) because as we said ferrari generally just chomps its tires but they are also good at getting their tires up to temperature so i'm not sure where i land on ferrari like are they going to get their tires to temperature be fast and then immediately (laughs) fall off a cliff or will the colder temperatures help them manage that more i'm
0: not sure yeah yeah it's it's such an unknown, isn't it? It's 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 a yeah. really 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 tricky one to predict. Um, my feeling with Ferrari is, I, I think when there's an unusual for me when there's an unusual tire situation, the teams that tend to do best are the teams that understand their cars the most, which yeah. is why I think Red Bull will be still be in the place where they they'll be quids in for for mm. a, for a, for, a, for a good result. Yeah. Um, I think you know they know they know what window they need their car to be in and how it how it responds to ride height change ride height changes and how how it responds to, to different tire situations. I think better than most other teams. They've got the most stable platform of anyone. They're not experimenting, messing around with their formula, trying to you know reinvent the wheel. They've got what they've got. They understand it, and they're the best at getting a tire in a window. Which is why we see them, you know, with such great tire wear every, every, every race, and they're so good in qualifying, so good across the board. With Ferrari, there's there, there is the potential that yes, it could benefit them this this temperature situation, but also there is that. I mean, there, there's myriad factors, right, in tire wear that it's not just about yeah. the temperature; it's about That's the it. surface, it's yeah. about downforce levels, it's about ride heights, all that kind of stuff. It's about um, how a car turns in how a car holds on through a corner um and for me ferrari just don't have a good enough handle on all of that stuff together in unison to for me to really say yes or no they will have an advantage here i think it's just it's a flip the flip of a coin for me like i really don't know
2: yeah i mean i also feel like there's potential for this to end up being like a three-stop race which Sadly for Ferrari it just gives them more opportunities to yeah. get strategy wrong or mess up pit stops. Yeah.
0: yeah, but I don't mind I don't mind a free stop race. I'd be very happy with that. Oh, I think that'd be race. great.
2: <clears throat> um what do you think about Aston Martin because like early season slow speed corners were sort of their bread and butter. Like they could yeah. and should have won at Monaco. But obviously they had the massive downturn. Then they turn up in Brazil and are suddenly really fast and Brazil is Polar opposite of that kind of track, so I'm really interested to see what this Aston Martin does here. Now they sort of seem to have found the window again.
1: I mean, characteristically, it should suit them, shouldn't it? The, um, the sort of, the half of the lap that's not a flat out straight, <laughs> <laughs> that bit should suit them. But I think anything like a McLaren or a Red Bull's probably going to peg them back again down that straight. Like, yeah. The advantage is going to be too great, I think. But, I mean... Yeah,
0: the, the aerodynamic advantage, those two teams. Yeah, probably, like... Potentially.
1: Um, in- I mean, it's not a very long straight the line, is it, in Brazil. And look how close Perez got. Like, down that straight in Vegas. He's having both Red Bulls and the McLarens coming past him in that scenario. So, I think it'll make it an interesting race. Because you'll have... In theory, you'll have half the circuit that... um the Aston's good in. Half the circuit that the Red Bull will be just dominant in. And then the McLaren probably being like the best all-rounder and not better than either of them in their respective best bits, but being like the best all-round, if you see what I mean. So yeah, I think there's, kind of a, a really there's an interesting qualifying. three-team fight there for, for up front is is my feeling. I think. I think that's your three-way fight around podium places is between probably Alonso... Both the McLarens, if um, Piastri's in his good form, and then mm. again, probably both the Red Bulls, if Perez is the Perez that showed up to Brazil, I would say.
0: Who do you? Uh, let's just um, let's do a couple of like emergency questions here. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you think it will be good? <laughs>
1: I'm. I'm reserving judgment there. Like, I don't think it's going to be as catastrophic as a lot of people do mongering have been saying. Um, but I'm also not going into it expecting this massive spectacle that FOM and everybody to do with the publicity is trying to put on it. I'm just going, yeah. middle of the road, it'll probably be a fine race and, like, sort of hopefully at least prove why it can have the potential of being a consistent event on the calendar. I mean, he's got a 10-year deal or whatever it is, so he's going to be a consistent race on the calendar, but, like, sort of prove that it's worth having it. A little bit like, I guess, how, you know, even though the first Baku wasn't great, most of them since have been pretty entertaining races, and you sort of, you don't question why Baku's on the calendar anymore when it comes to being a street circuit. And I think that we're probably going to end up in that scenario with Vegas. Like, this one might be a bit... Ooh, up in the air while they get their head round temperatures, new surfaces, new track, all that kind or they of find stuff. Their feet. Yeah. Yeah. And then sort of going forward seasons after that, providing they understand the feedback from those this event and deal with it correctly, then the future ones should be okay. Like, I mean, we moved when Baku was, for example, for Reasons to do with, like, temperatures and stuff like that. Yeah. issues. So maybe it needs to be a different time of day. <laughs> I mean, I know they want it under the lights, but realistically, if that's going to lead to worse racing, why would you do that? Like, or a different time of year where it's not as cold at night. Like, as long as they learn from it, even if it's not the most brilliant spectacle in the world in terms of the race, I mean, I'm sure it'll look amazing, but the race, if it's not up to par... And they do things about it, I've got less of a problem. So very, very much down the middle. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm confident it'll look awesome. Got no doubts there. Th- as a
0: visual, yeah, the yeah. shots will look right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 it provided we don't get too much tree cam, I think it'll look absolutely <laughs> Oh well, no, we're gonna get casino cam, aren't you're we? You'll not, yeah, we're you're gonna not gonna get, get any tree cam,
1: cam because they took all the trees out to build the circuit, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. L- literally they have. <laughs> oh, that's so
2: not
0: the shame. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, of, I'm of a similar thought. I think, I think after all this like doom mongering, I think we are going to get maybe a bit of a Baku thing where the race ends up being a bit of a damp squib. Um, I do have a feeling the first session on Friday is going to look a bit like was it 2020 or 2021 when they went back to Istanbul and the track hadn't been used in years yeah, and they were yeah. slip sliding all over the place. I can see them maybe looking a little bit silly on that first Friday,
0: this time with walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. What's the it, worst that could happen? It, Send out it the really rental cars depends. again. It
1: really depends on who's resurfaced those roads and what brief they've been given, to be brutally honest with you. Because if they've resurfaced it, like, resurfaced it to just generic US road standard, they might as well have not bothered. God they need to have all. like been putting something down that's good for racing as well as just gentle street use, like mm-hmm. some sort of hybrid.
2: From what I have read, that it's kind of an in-between sort of surface. I've gone okay, for it's so not, that... it's not a standard American road surface, and it's not a yeah. full-on racetrack surface. It's kind of somewhere in the middle, and that's
1: fine because that that's that I think is the. I'm not expecting them to lay down like the same asphalt that you'd get at a professional full grid, full time permanent circuit. Well, it
0: wouldn't i don't think it'd be durable enough
1: anyway for, exactly uh, like it, it's not it's not practical for yeah yeah everyday use but if it's something that can kind of work with both jobs that's that's okay <laughs> as long as it's just not
2: putting generic asphalt down that they'd put down when they fill the potholes <laughs> that's fine i mean they're gonna be the best roads in vegas by a country mile after they've gone there's that <clears> that at
0: least yeah they so what do i think i think i think yeah i think you're both right i think I'd, i you know it's hard to tell whether it'll be good or not i suppose it was a bit of an unfair question to ask but um i think visually yeah i think visually it will look absolutely epic i think the fact that it's under the lights the fact that you've got the cars going around and the bright neon sort of circus of uh with Las Vegas all around it, I think it's going to look absolutely sick, provided we get some decent shots of it and they set the cameras up well. Um, yeah. I hope there are no te- I hope there aren't too many TV troubles for a four-man for the team because you know the last few years they've not been great at um, sort of you know we've seen all season like the odd little silly broadcast issue and stuff like that that think things that sh- I think just shouldn't be happening at this level of you know, world sport, broadca- global sports broadcasting should not have some of the errors in it that I think that Formula One does. And I think yeah. it's full of potential for there to be absolutely loads of them. Um, <laughs> just the difficulties in setting up a whole, you know, a whole new, yeah. a whole new circuit they've never been to before in a city. It's, it's a very, very complex operation, admittedly, but they do it enough. They do, you know, if they can do it in Monaco, there's a lot less space in Monaco than there is in Vegas. Yeah, um, yeah. Should be all right, but
2: and at the very least, I've got a bespoke pit building and pit lane for this race, which you can't say for most street circuits. So yeah, yeah. that
1: helps. Here's an interesting one for you. We're just while we're on the topic of things to kind of look out for and thoughts about it, what are okay. your thoughts on the pit exit? I, I think go it's to going to cause trouble.
2: It's a little, it's a little sketchy looking.
1: I saw what I thought was an accurate description, which was this is very um, South Korea-esque. Uh, this, I, was it, it was Seoul, wasn't it? The yeah, it I don't very...
2: think it's quite that bad. So I've, I've driven a few laps of the circuit um, on the F1 game to get a feel for it. I don't, the normal racing line around turn one doesn't really intersect with the pit exit. Nah, yeah,
0: I think you're fine. Then.
2: But I think as soon as, if you, if turn one ends up being an overtaking point, I think as soon as you start getting people going side by side through turn one, then there is potential that someone's mm. going to drift across into the pit exit as they're going side by side. Um, the people leaving the pits are going to have to be very on top of anyone coming around, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'd I you'd expect
1: if, if anyone sensible set up things like um, the lightboard points and stuff, yeah, you would yeah. have thought they've stuck something on the inside of that corner so that anyone coming out of the pit can get a very clear blue flag flash. Yeah, normally, is someone so I well, would expect Monaco, there to be at least something like that.
0: In Monaco, down the down the start finish straight, they have the arrows pointing down yeah so you yeah get out of the True. way there's someone coming True. out of the pit so they yeah so similar something similar to that. Like that yeah yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah 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 but i don't i don't I don't think it'd be too much of an issue to be honest i think that by the time you've gotten around that you probably your apex is sort of quite quite early on in that corner so you're probably running well wide and then I, running back I feel like for,
1: generally yeah you you sort of you're going wide in that corner but It really depends on if they're capable of holding a battle through it, like Chris says. I think that the combination of two cars having a battle through the exit of turn one, and then somebody like entering that from the pits, like you're just going to get like a wild Magnuson has appeared kind of scenario, and he's just going to throw himself (laughs) into this battle and it's confusion.
0: Um, yeah <laughs> are we i'm, I'm gonna to have to give it i'm gonna to have to give it have a go on it on chris's formula one when, I next see him, when i'm next. next over at yours chris yeah definitely um,
2: um in vr as well now i have that capability which is very exciting oh wow
0: vr vr f1 oh wow oh, so you can you can f1. experience Just the pit exit me.
2: first person <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> um i do think as well i talk about this as an event i i I think just the presentation of it all is going to be mad. I think if if you thought Miami mm. was bad, this is going to be on another level. Like,
0: bit, yeah, that does concern me.
2: It's. I think it's going to be very... <laughs> um, how do you do fellow kids in it's desperately <laughs> trying to be cool. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, we, we're slowly becoming the old school, like... <laughs> F one is about cars racing. I just want cars racing. Stop with all the other stuff we we slowly. I I've
0: literally been that way for like three seasons, dude. <laughs> that is me through <laughs> and through. I'm here for I switch off. Like once the races have finished, I barely even watch the podium half the time. I'm just like, right, race is over. I'm gonna yeah. do something else yeah uh so um, we're talking about opening ceremonies <laughs> yeah that's the, the, so it's a big like, opening the ceremony on
2: the wednesday before the race um with nine or ten different musical performances i mentioned this only because in like the description for it it said all 20 drivers will be in attendance which if that doesn't say they'll be there because they are told to be there <laughs> I don't yeah. know what does. I think they'll be in attendance for the smallest amount of time they can get away <laughs> with being.
1: All I'll all 10, twenty drivers will be made to attend. <laughs> do you
2: want to know who's performing on Wednesday? Yes, please. Why not? We're here now. Let's play. How many of them have you even heard of?
1: This, uh, this is where da, we show da, how old da, we really da, are. Da,
2: da, da. <laughs> uh, we've got Andrea Day. No, nope. no, nope. not not obvious. Bishop here. Briggs. I know nope. that one. I know that one. Jay Balvin. Nope. No. John Legend, heard of him?
0: Yep.
2: Yeah, heard of. <laughs> Journey, definitely heard of oh. them. <laughs> I might have heard of that one. <laughs> and Stu's back on board. Um, <laughs> Keith Urban, which is a name I'm heard of. aware of. Don't know that one. Um, Steve Aoki, who I only yeah, know from know watching um, um, the... Oh, what's his name? David Chang on uh, his food show on Netflix. Uh, Tiesto. Yeah. Blast from the past. Yes, yeah. yeah. Know of uh thirty seconds to Mars because of course.
0: Vegas, right? Um
2: yeah. Will I am? Oh, no. um, okay. William. <laughs> William. And then yes. because it's Vegas, bit of blue man group, bit of Cirque du Soleil. Wow. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be bizarre it's going to be Two such a hours, bizarre week
0: i mean that's why the ticket's so expensive uh, yeah we <laughs> I mean, yeah. imagine going to say each one of those individually it costs you a lot more than a formula well one that's
2: true yeah <laughs> although if there's <laughs> 10 of ten, 9 or 10 of them you're going to get about like six minutes each i imagine yeah, yeah it must, it's, it's must really be more, quite short more performances
0: set. than glastonbury
2: um yeah.
0: wow well should we go. talk about a
2: few more actual on track things yeah, we really should. Yeah, we've got some storylines to get through, so maybe I think we, we should do, do like storylining things. Yeah, is that yeah. what you're saying? Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> there, there's, there's, I guess there's still a few championship th- permutations available, so they're an interesting thing to keep an eye on, at least. Um, Let's do that. The P2 in the drivers is all but over now. I think it's a 32 gap, 32 point gap between Hamilton and Perez. Um, I feel like I can. Potentially see Perez maybe even not increasing his points total in the last two races. I also, after Brazil, think Hamilton finding 32 points might be a struggle, regardless of what Perez does. Yeah, um, I think that's as good as ever, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, more cool. interestingly, fourth, fifth, and sixth, which is Alonso, Norris, and Sainz, is only six points between all three of them. Um,
0: so that's quite spicy. That is um, a really spicy battle. Three, three lead drivers in three different teams. That, well, <laughs> yeah. Can you call signs a lead driver? I think you can. I mean, he is yeah. the championship top Ferrari rise. driver. In, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let's, let's um, Ferrari
2: still only twenty points behind Mercedes for second. That that's there for the taking. I think
0: um, yeah, it's going to be close. It'll be difficult, but it's possible. Yeah.
2: I think Ferrari generally are looking better than Mercedes at the moment. Right um, now, yeah, ten if, points. But, to race you know, I think two it's races. one of those where
0: it, it, the remaining two races, either of those two teams can get it right or wrong is the thing. Like, yeah, you know, you a lot could of go either way.
2: Um, after McLaren overtook Aston Martin, uh, Aston actually closed that gap a little bit in Brazil um, in the fight for fourth. That's twenty-one points between them now. Um, my money would still be on McLaren for that, but. Again, going into an unknown like this, you never know. Mm. Yeah,
0: Interesting. And then the final bit here.
2: Final one, which I still think is the most interesting battle left, which is the last four places in the Constructors. <laughs> um, you, currently you, need has- the you, you need to start
0: directing the races. <laughs> you need to start. We spend more time yes, looking at Logan battle Sergeant we never see when we should be looking at like a race for the lead and instead we're watching <laughs> Logan Sargent battle for 13.
2: <laughs> no, I love it. I love that bottom place battle. Um <laughs> so Williams, Alpha Tower, Alpha Mayo and Haas is the order at the moment. 28, 21, 16, and 12 points respectively. Um, so yeah, that's a really interesting one to keep an eye on. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I the most said the most well,
1: interesting bit of that, I think, specifically, is probably Williams versus Alpha Tauri Because Williams sort of started to look good, but these last couple of races, AlphaTauri have really pulled it out. Like both Sonoda and Ricardo getting yeah big points. So I think out of all of that, like that's obviously I mean it makes sense because they've got the most points out of the four of them. But I think that's a really interesting battle that if AlphaTauri carry on the way they have for the last couple of races, will probably pip Williams too, which I. I mean, you know Williams won't be pleased about that. But
2: I did see a headline today of James Bells basically saying he doesn't care that much, and he'd happily sacrifice that seventh place if it meant they had more, they had a better start for next season because they're working yeah. on next year's car So for all of the talk of, oh, another team would ruin us financially, clearly they don't care that much because there's a lot of money between seventh place and eighth place, which he doesn't seem particularly bothered oh,
1: about. Or is that just... Uh, uh, the the. What's the word? The um, like, the preconceived.
0: Lining and, up the chickens. Like, lining up the excuses. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> it's just is making the excuse before they. Yeah, listed. laying yeah. the
0: groundwork for the inevitable, Tom.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks uh, for yeah, helping but... me find a turn of phrase that fit what I was trying to convey. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad someone in this world understands what I'm thinking, Stu, When I try and <laughs> spew brain thoughts into words, yeah. Speech. Yeah.
2: We lost. We lost seventh, but we weren't even trying. So it's like, well, wow.
0: <laughs> Man English not so great. Too. Um, <clears throat>
1: right. Should we try and turn all of that into predictions? Yeah. We can try. Okay. Right. I'm gonna be very very proud of anyone that gets a five out of five this week i genuinely am just because of how unknown it is would you not be um, in any week more so this week than than most i think uh, this that's, is a that's lottery this
0: week man this is yeah. An absolute lottery.
1: yeah so if you want your opportunity of getting that five out of five and earning my hard earned recognition <laughs> for getting <laughs> it right uh you can head to backofthegrid.com where you'll find all the details of how to sign up and join in with this But you get to listen to us three make a fool of ourselves doing these predictions right now and then know what not to pick, probably. More than likely. (laughs) Um, So let's start with fastest qualifier. Uh, Chris, where are you going to go for this one? Chalicleer.
2: Interesting. Chuck McClurk. That. Stu. Oh, go on, Hmm. Chris. Did you have something to justify your choice? I'm banking on that Ferrari tyre warm-up. Yeah. Chuck's got a good qualifying record well, with the, in general, I mean, he's had some big performances go, this season.
0: I'm going to go Sainz because Sainz was quick in Singapore. He was my second choice.
2: Okay.
1: And I'm going to go Norris. Mm. Just because I was going to go Sainz, but I want to be a bit different. So that's my <laughs> backup the, the, choice.
0: Also, there is like merit to the Red Bull being nowhere argument after Singapore as well, isn't there? If the if if we Oh yeah. If it we're could have Singapore is like the closest to this, even though tire temperatures are going to be a massive factor. Then, yeah, I yeah. think, if I you, think if the you, tire you, temperatures are the thing that's going to bring everyone back towards Red Bull. If Red Bull don't get this right, yeah, yeah. But if
2: you definitely. pick previous races, this track is most similar to. It is the tracks that Red Bull have been weakest at this season. So there's yeah. definitely there's logic there. Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, Stu, how about you for a winner?
0: I'm gonna go. Norris for the win.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: The Red Bulls out of the equation completely because I I I do have a feeling that this might be the I say this every week, but (laughs) this might be the one that they don't dominate. Um, And I think Norris. I don't think the Ferrari is even with these factors all considered. I don't think the Ferrari has just got the the setup or the car to to treat its tires right whatever the temperature and i think mm. the the mclaren is probably going to be better at it so and i think it'll be really close in qualifying between the top three four five qualifiers yeah. anyway so um yeah that's where i'm gonna go
1: yeah. i'm going norris as well i was going double norris i was setting that up after changing my wow, mind on the qualifier so
2: I was considering Norris mm. as well, but now you've both said it. I'm not so sure.
1: Well, all we know is if it's a Charles Leclerc podium, eh, sorry podium, pole position, it's generally not a Charles Leclerc win. So we it's know you're not a going max there. Win. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going with the true to form max win, or are you going with somebody I else? I think
2: I am. If it, okay. Partially because whenever Leclerc's on pole, Verstappen wins, and also partially because... <laughs>
0: Whenever, Will, after whenever all Leclerc of the is hot... on pole, Leclerc doesn't win. Like, yeah. yeah, and after the... all
2: of the hype and build-up for this, I think the and winning is the most boring option, and I've got a feeling <laughs> that's going
1: <laughs> to happen. So, I mean, to be fair, we've had a couple of races like this this season, haven't we, where teams have been very close to them and, and actually beaten them in qualifying, but then race trim comes around and they're just... Like, even if it's only... 10-15 seconds up the road he's far enough up the road for it to be comfortable for the yeah, most well part usually so. they've
0: got a couple of attempts on everyone in race trim so yeah i don't see that being any different
1: exactly they've, they've got enough there that they know that they can qualify in a much more race preferred setup is the thing um, isn't it
0: yeah i must rephrase that they usually gain a couple of attempts in race pace over their um yeah over their qualifying yeah. sort of over what you'd expect other the teams to get they gain. set up
1: for race essentially don't they like, like i was just saying that yeah. like it's yeah. it's about they can take the compromise of a race heavy setup because they know that he's quick and the car's quick and in combination those first two rows is enough for him to Has comfortably to a win. win a race usually yeah. because if they say up right anyway first dnf i'll go first on this one um. Oh, I mean, it, I feel like it could genuinely be anyone this week, but uh, because it went the way it did in recent races, I'm gonna go like a home soil kind of thing, and I'm gonna say Logan Sargent.
0: <laughs> it's probably the most likely one, I think, but um, I'm gonna go Perez.
1: Okay, and Chris.
0: Um. You've got to be looking around the grid to the start line.
2: I'm going to say Magnuson. Oh. Partially because he's on a rough run and partially because it's, he drives for an American team, supposedly. I mean,
1: I went for Magnuson for three in a row last week and it was pretty <laughs> close. It was
2: very close.
1: So this would almost have made it four out of... Well, I mean, it'd be four out of four DNFs, wouldn't it? And almost four out of four first DNFs. So it's not a bad shout, to be fair. Um, I'm going to throw you straight on into the deep end on number of finishes, Chris. Where are you going with that?
2: Wow, that's tough.
0: Um, Sixteen. Stu. Fourteen, please.
1: Oof. I was I was going to go low, but not quite that low. So I'm going fifteen in between the pair of you. So that's that one. And then good. so when it comes to random driver, because we have more races than we do drivers, even with. Driver changes through the season. It's worked out that we've used everybody. So my understanding is Chris has put everybody from the grid back in the pot.
2: Everyone's back in the pot.
1: (sighs) Could Um, be anyone then. Literally, could literally be anyone. For a
2: second time this season, it is Nico Ulkenberg.
1: Ulkenberg. Oh, that's oh, jeez. Is it Ulkenberg's car that's going back to the old spec? It is. Eleventh done.
0: You think so? You think they're going to improve? Do you with the old car?
1: No, I just think he's going to be able to stay around long enough in the in the fight with the old car, not be one of the DNFS and the likes of. Um, I don't know, Sergeant. If he finishes and like he's not being interfered the, with, is what the you're Alfa saying? Romeos? Yeah, like people like that, they're going to finish behind him essentially.
2: I mean this could this could easily become just a survival race where like if you yeah. make the finish line you've got a good chance at some point. Yeah, so
0: I think so. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go Holkenberg, Holkenberg, Holkenberg. Um I'm gonna say twelfth.
1: Twelfth. See, yeah. That's a it is a tricky it's not that's not that high though, considering you've only got fourteen finishers. It's it's
0: yeah, I think similar
1: finish. logic to mine of yeah, he'll finish, but it'll be towards the end of the finishes. <laughs> I, I,
2: I can actually see Hawkenberg making it to Q3 again this week, and then in true has style, just fading going backwards.
0: backwards. Yeah,
2: I'll go one lower and say 13th.
0: Okay, wow, that's very unified, some very mm. unified predictions there. Yeah, that's quite good. Um, shall I? Oh, we better play a track for... Oh, no, we've got to a whole other bit to do before we move on to Inbox. I'm just trying to rush us through. Come on, <laughs> well,
1: Why was the other bit we've got to do before Inbox? We've got to tell people I
2: like can go can... to backofthegrid.com where they can oh, sign and Oh, I did it before. If they didn't hear right. it first
1: time, they're not getting it this time, are they? <laughs> backofthegrid.com. Time for Inbox. <laughs> uh, keep me
2: saying now. Stay, stay out. Amen.
0: Hey, hey, I will take the first one in this very casual episode of Back of the Grid. It's Vegas, baby. (laughs) It's from Snook Darren, who I can only imagine plays a lot of snooker. Um, (laughs) Can you guys talk about the Vegas track a bit more, in a bit more detail, because I keep looking at it, and I really am not convinced that it's going to be a good race track. It is a bit bland, which worries me. Um, I think it looks like a Moomin. That's my impression. It does look like a Moomin. Yeah,
1: um, or, in Google women's little
0: pet pig.
2: Do you want to give you a quick track guide? Given that I have driven some laps around it, you
0: yeah yeah. But, but, go give, on. give us a, the high. Give us your, your your most interesting part and your most boring. Um,
2: part. So, turn one, actually quite a cool corner because you're coming at it pretty fast. It's sort of third gear ish. It's like like a long radius corner. I'll be amazed if everybody on lap one gets through there without contact. Um then a couple of boring corners pretty long back drs straight nasty 90 degree right that's where you get to where the big giant sphere is and there's a really long left-hander which turns into a left right chicane um yeah it's completely it all looks the same you have to pick your breaking point before you can even see the chicane it's horrible i hate that wow
0: and you're turning as
2: well yeah is, really really difficult corner.
1: How similar is that corner to the Sochi long left hander in terms of Um It's nowhere the near as stuff. long
2: and it's a okay. tighter radius. Um, okay. and the corner comes up much quicker than you expect. So um, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. Boring fiddly bit with that chicane. Um the, the sort of second half of sector three is quite interesting. It's sort of a couple of flat sweepers, um, and you have to sort of come You're almost starting your braking for um, the last corner before turn 12. Like as you first see, it's quite a tricky braking point and a really important one, which then takes you on to the back straight uh, where you can just switch your brain off for like 30 seconds. Um, Actually, you joked earlier, Tom, about this track being like half the strip. I think I read that that back straight is literally a third of the track is just driving down the strip flat out.
1: wasn't, wasn't far off then. Um, you know what? Then, des- like, then mean, you desperately
2: rad. try and pick a breaking point at the end of it because it's just a bunch of casinos and bright lights and stuff. Um, and then the couple of corners at the end of the massive straight are just terrible for overtaking. Considering they're the big corners at the end of the big straight, they're awful for overtaking.
1: Is that the the weird clunky-looking chicane?
2: Yeah, it's like a left-right-left um, that really yeah. tightens up. It's pretty horrible. Yeah. Um, Although I suspect all the overtaking will have been done a long time before that in the middle of the DRS straight, given the length of it.
1: Can I ask a question based on, I've not really planned this down in my head in terms of, I don't even know where the sphere is. So which way up or down the strip are they driving? I've not even um, worked that out yet.
0: It is, go- oh God. That's a weird question for a podcast, Tom. It is, (laughs) but
1: like, what I'm just trying to work out is, are they going from like the MGM airport side of the strip and up it, or coming down it from the old strip towards the MGM and the the airport?
0: If the sphere is at the bottom of the strip, they'd be starting at the, I know the sphere isn't at the bottom of the strip, I know it's in a completely different part of Las Vegas, like up the road from the strip, but... The end. Of the strip's on. The end. The the end that the uh, the sphere would be on. I think would be the bottom of the strip, and they just drive up it away from the sphere. Yeah, that's right.
1: So they drive. Yeah, so they're driving like towards Bellag- like Bellagio and stuff, and then turning round the back of it. I th- I'm guessing. I
0: guess so. I've never been to Vegas. So... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Chris has Christian.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's from the.
1: It's just because of the curve like in it. I'm
0: frantically searching on Google Maps it's, now. The ah, only, the
1: ah, only reason I ask this question is because of the curve in it. You've got, like, turn 13, and I use air quotes. Yeah. Because it is not oh, a turn. I hate
0: that they do that.
1: Why um, do they do that? And it, I'm just trying to work out where on the strip I remember there being, like, a bend like that for context in my own head of trying to picture, like, where it, where it fits. I can Because the sphere is exactly. too new for me from, like, <laughs> it's it's recent, isn't it? Like, I've not been in... Wow, post-covid oh man, world someone sent a
0: picture the thing just looks insane to me the, the sphere is, is insane. insane what they do with the sphere yeah i am too I've, i hopefully they've put some money into it and they've got something really special <laughs> planned for it I have you um just um you know uh <laughs> just a just a flat graphic or whatever i i
1: doubt cool. it with the no, of no, I think it. Cool cool
0: with it. yeah um,
1: have you seen the meme that someone, or whatever you want to call it, this one made of the um, the Horner and Toto argument about the, well, maybe you should just fix your car then or whatever, being like beamed oh, on yeah. the sphere. It looks hilarious. Like if you have, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I don't know how you're going to see it without trying to Google that, but
2: <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> um, I figured it out, Tom. It's going from the sort of Caesar's Palace end of the strip um up towards the like luxor mandalay base end of it if that makes sense it's going north they go north to south okay so they're coming down it as i would say yeah I'm down, just describing we, a map now. This is a bad yeah. podcast. No, um, that's fine. I'm so glad, I'm so glad we
0: cleared that up. Shall we do the next
2: question, please? <laughs> it's important information yeah, we want. <laughs> um, I've sort of just gathered a few vegas related questions together in one here. Um, Charlie Brigden asks if we're going to be watching live at 6am or catching up later. I'll be getting up for it. Mm,
1: uh, I mean, generally I'm up at that time. Yeah. Is whether I'm up at that time to watch it like on the dot live or whether I'm watching on a... 20 minute delay or something we'll see
0: yes
2: um <laughs> and then sarah asks how is it possible for a multi-million dollar industry to not have the capacity to make sure the climate they're planning on racing in is actually a climate it's possible <laughs> to race in <laughs> um blaze we'll 2010 asks uh, can we discuss the irony of the crown jewel of u.s races being run while most of the is in bed how is this supposed to increase u.s viewership especially considering sunsets of 4 30 And I could easily run it at eight PM. Yeah, so (laughs) I had this
1: exact conversation with the Discord earlier. We were just debating things whilst everyone was getting set up, and that I just I don't get how they're like we need to promote more races in America for the American people, and then they put it on at a time that ninety nine percent of the U.S. population is generally going to be asleep. It's a weird Uh, choice. Yeah, but you've got to think about East Coast. It's gone midnight for East Coast, especially oh, qualifying. Yeah. Qualifying's at midnight. Qualifying's at 4am for someone on the East Coast.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. It's a really like, strange choice. It's
1: weird.
2: It almost smacks of the arrogance of like, oh, we're F1 in Vegas. People will watch it whenever time we put it We off. can do it you like, one. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not sure that's the case.
1: The point of like when sunset is in that part of the world at this time of year is enough for me to say it's just a... <laughs> ridiculous oversight probably would have helped with track temperatures as well to be honest because not long after sunset and so on there's still going to be more residual heat in the surface to at least make things yeah easier yeah. for longer
0: i wonder if they were worried about track evolution <clears throat> i wonder if they worried about it cooling down so much that it would be mm, difficult maybe. for them to find a same. so silly's consistent chaos. um maybe uh, def- for consistency yeah but i think Stu, you're giving him too much
1: credit it. there giving yeah. them too say, much credit like, there and the reason I say that is because they didn't even know what the track temperature was going to be when they decided this so far too much I've just, credit given <laughs> I just made
0: their excuse for them and if any of them are listening <laughs> you made that excuse I'm going to know we're all going to know exactly where you got it from
1: exactly exactly uh,
0: next yeah, the
2: fact they seem to have been surprised by the fact that it's going to be cold
0: yeah who'd have thought it'd be cold at the, in the night time in the northern hemisphere in November weird right who knew
1: yeah shall I read the next one if we'd yep, finish yep. with those ones. Uh, Eugene Risto says, Alonso has finished on the podium in Brazil on three separate decades. Uh, anyone achieve this feat across the same length of time at the same track? I don't think oh. anyone's raced for three decades have the other than Alonso. I mean, maybe just about, I guess. Yeah, there's a
2: difference between raced for three decades and raced in three decades. Yeah,
1: true, very true. Um,
2: I know of two drivers who have. Uh, one one current, one recent. Um, the current one is Lewis Hamilton. Um, yeah. Because he's raced in the the Noughts, the 10s and the 20s. Um, and I think he's only to multiple tracks, certainly Silverstone. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot more given his podium record. Um, and the other one is Vettel. Um, because he got that third place in Turkey in 2020 um and he also got a podium in turkey um in like 2009 and then at some point in the 10s so he just creeps into wow, the two decades there, yeah. either side of the 2010s i'm sure there there's probably more going back through history but that's there that's the be. first two i thought of and looked up
0: um i can't think of any more so i think maybe we go on to the next question yeah yeah everyone happy with that yeah, um wesley says hey man it's been made pretty clear at this point most if not all of the teams at the bottom half of the standings are looking towards next year's car design that said there is some good competition for points down there what team if any of them might pull a little something extra out to try and gain a place
2: so I read something interesting about Alpha Terry today since Singapore which is I would say about when their upturn in form started apparently they've been using uh red bull rear suspension oh who knew yeah (laughs) Um, and we know (laughs) and they also have a new floor coming in abu dhabi um which basically is going to be next year's floor they're going to start testing at abu dhabi um so wow. yeah, it seems like of the four teams towards the bottom, they're definitely the ones that are really... And I guess that kind of fits into their philosophy change we spoke about for next season, because they're basically going to be taking as many bits from Red Bull as they possibly can next season, yeah. which I think is going to upset a lot of teams.
0: Yeah, I think the real thing that it shows you is that, you know, it is all about this formula. The arrow, the the underfloor arrow, is only half of the equation. Yeah. all about suspension and giving the car a really really stable platform to be able to make that suspension make that aero work if you can keep your car from if you can keep the front of the car from diving and the rear of the car from lifting under braking you have got a lovely lovely stable platform to keep your car roughly the right ride height throughout the range of forces applied to the car and therefore it will generate consistent downforce therefore the driver will be able to have a lot of faith in it going in and out of corners and they'll be they'll be able to use it and go fast and i think that's the difference between the red bull and most of the cars i've been saying it's been suspension for a long long time and Mm -hmm. as this as time goes on it just proves itself again and again and again for me
2: i do think To get way ahead of where we are at this point in time, I think one of the big stories of next year is going to be a lot of teams complaining about the Red Bull-Alpha Terry relationship because I can see them making a pretty big jump up the grid if they're going to be taking lots of
0: parts from the Red Bull team. Yeah, um, obviously yeah. Naturally, I mean if they, if they don't there's there's some serious problems I'm I think sorry I don't.
2: mean we saw what happened with the the pink Mercedes like yeah. that was that was just them buying a few bits and copying the rest and that was bad enough so if they're literally just having off the shelf bits
1: I think if if it's going to be allowed I think you have to have something in place that basically anybody could request to buy that component at that price.
0: That's a good idea. Like Ooh, so, because
1: then then at least if they are going to sell them to Alpha Tower for a fixed price, anyone can go buy that. The same <laughs> the same way that the engines are like that, like you have to provide a consumer unit for non manufacturer teams and you have to sell it to the same price for everyone. If you're selling a component to another team on the grid, regardless of your relationship with them, I think that if we're getting to that point, then maybe that's that's how that should be.
0: Allow Run. me to begin this counter-argument by saying that I absolutely agree with you, <laughs> but I but. <laughs> fundamentally disagree with the concept of customer cars in Formula
1: One. Un- 100%. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I like. think, yeah, like I say, that my point was mainly if we're going to be in a position where buying certain parts is allowed from another team or, or whatever it might be, there needs to be some kind of standardization standardization and rules around the fact that anybody can buy that part and they can't just go, no, 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 you can't have it because you run a Mercedes engine. Yeah. 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 Or or you can have it, but you've got to pay more than that team. Like we, no, I think it needs to be the same as the end rules and the regulations that are in place to do with selling those, if it's going to be a thing. But I also fundamentally agree that ideally I don't want it happening full stop. Like, part yeah, exactly. of being an f1 be, team is to develop one, your car. You be
0: designing your own car and yeah. your own car you shouldn't be yeah. buying parts from the other teams that's customer yeah. cars that's what you know and we know from past experience that customer if you've watched formula one for long enough back in the days when there were customer cars those customer cars never could hold a candle to yeah. the the manufacturer cars they, yeah they never, never got going to happen they never got the development yeah. they never got the best bits so they were all they would always be fundamentally a step behind those cars because they would never have the latest components, and that's yeah. just the way it goes. So, and that is why we don't have customer cars in Formula One. And this, to me, and it it felt like it back when when um, when uh, the pink Mercedes was around. It felt wrong then, and mm-hmm. it feels wrong now with AlfaTauri doing the mm-hmm. same thing with Red Bull. I think it's yeah. I think it's out of order.
2: I also find it just such a peak F one thing for what they're doing is completely within the rules and all of the teams signed up to those rules and no one mm. even thinks about yeah. it and the second a team gets an advantage everyone's like hang on you can't do that yeah how dare you <laughs> I like how the dare the
0: dramatic, you like zoom into Chris's face how dare you utilize the rules that we all signed up for to gain an
2: advantage that's not f1 It's <laughs> a very sporting of you it sound like
0: f1 at all well i think i think that's a good place to leave it guys so um Thank you all for joining us on the Discord and on YouTube and on on everywhere else, where, wherever you might be listening. Um, we will be back on Monday with, uh, sorry, on Tuesday with a. but oh, well, we will be back next time after the Grand Prix <laughs> to review the Las Vegas. It's, it's actually the USA Grand Prix, but um, is it? Yeah, I think it's it's in the Castles, it's like US brackets, the USA in Las Grand Vegas Prix or something in Las Vegas. Fair. Um, but it's the Las Vegas Grand Prix that's what we're all going to yeah. call it isn't it um, so we'll be back to review it next week and um, yeah hopefully you'll join us thank you so much for joining us we'll see you then don't forget to hit that subscribe button bye
1: Goodbye.
0: bye everyone